Are the New York Giants better, worse, or the same at their various position units? I'll give you my two cents coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Giants podcast is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter promo code locked on NFL for a water bottle with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Traina, P Train. And on today's episode of the, the Locked on Giants podcast, we're going to take a look at the New York Giants position units. Are they better or worse than they were this time last year? And I went back, I did some research to see who the Giants had on the roster at the various position units at this point, you know, last year leading into week one of the regular season. And I have, of course, this year's group. and. We're going to talk better or worse. So we're going to run down the entire list. That is today's agenda. Happy to have you with us here on the podcast. And a special shout out, by the way, to my everydayers, my newcomers, and everybody in between. And of course, my subtext community. Love you guys. Let's get into it. All right. So this is going to be a very upbeat show. Just a gut feeling I have here. All right. Let's start off with the skill position groups. We're going to talk about quarterback. Last year, the Giants going into week one of the regular season had Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor on the 53-man roster. Now, I'm not including practice squad players, just so you know. I'm just only including 53-man roster, including guys who might have been inactive or injured um, at the time. All right, so Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor were the quarterbacks last year. Same lineup this year. So better or worse? Well, on the paper, it's the same because it's the same personnel. However, I am going to say, ladies and gentlemen, that the quarterback position is actually better this year than it was last year. Now, why am I saying that? Because this time last year, we didn't know how Daniel Jones was going to take to the new offensive system. We didn't know if he was going to clean up his ball security issues. We didn't know how he was going to fare with, you know, the offensive line, how he was going to fare with the receivers, tight ends, the skill position players. There were a lot of unanswered questions. Daniel Jones went on and answered a lot of those questions over the course of the year. His ball security was, was virtually pristine. He had, uh, despite the fact that the receiving core he had last year, maybe was a little um, not quite what we thought it would be. He made the most of it. The scheme that was put in place for him fit him like a hand in glove, and he performed in it. And he basically had his best career year last season. So you take that and you spiral now to the um, to the off season. This past off season, Daniel Jones and I've been saying it on a lot of my podcasts and writing it over on Giants Country. Daniel Jones had a stellar off season, ladies and gentlemen, a stellar 
training camp, a stellar preseason. And I know you're thinking, well, we didn't see him a whole lot in the preseason. Folks, I was at the training camp practices. I was at the uh, spring practices. And I can tell you right now, Daniel Jones has never looked more comfortable. He's never looked more accurate. He's never looked more decisive running an offense since he was drafted to come here in 2019. So based on that, and we'll talk about the rest of the skill position players in a moment, which, you know, we could probably agree are upgraded, but based on those observations, I've got to say, ladies and gentlemen, that the quarterback position is better than it was this point last year, even though it's the same personnel, it's better than last year. All right, moving on now to running backs. Last year, the Giants had Saquon Barkley, Matt Breda, Gary Brightwell, and Antonio Williams on the 53-man roster. This year, pretty much the same group, Barkley, Breda, Brightwell, and Eric Gray, the rookie, replaces Antonio Williams. So better or worse or the same? Again, even though it's pretty much the same group of players, I'm saying that this is a better group of running backs. Barkley had a a great year last year, first full healthy season, showed that that he's almost back to what he was prior to all his, uh, his, his injuries, you know, especially that torn ACL that he suffered in uh, year three, um, ran with more conviction. Matt Breida, I always thought Breida was kind of underrated and under the, under the radar type of guy who, if you'd given him more snaps, maybe he would have been, you know, been able to contribute more. And he actually did starting, you know, coming down the pipe. He he contributed a little bit more. Um, Brightwell was more of a special teamer. So not really, you know, a guy that I think you can factor in, although Brightwell did show signs of, you know, being able to contribute here and there. But I think a lot of those snaps maybe will go over to Eric Gray, who again is going to be special teams. You know, he's going to be the return specialist, but you know, a guy that I think they want to really, you know, develop into something special down the line. So overall for running backs, I got to say, even though it's pretty much the same personnel group better this year, we've seen what they can do in this offense year two. So they're going to get better, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, you know, confidence goes a long way, I think. You know, Barkley had to get his sea legs back underneath him after all the injuries. He did that last year. He had a quiet summer, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing because he was locked in and loaded and ready to go. And I think once they trot him out there for uh, week one against Dallas, going to be fun to watch. I can't wait. All right. Next position group, we're going to take a look at tight ends. Last year, it was Daniel Bellinger, Chris Myrick, and Tanner Hudson. This year, Darren Waller, Daniel Bellinger, and Lawrence Cager. All right. Do I really need to say it? The unit is better. I mean, come on. Darren Waller is, to this team, basically what they've been missing for a long time. And that is that big body target. You know, I've, I've made this comparison before, even though they play different uh, positions, but Darren Waller is going to be to Daniel Jones, what Plaxico Burris was to Eli Manning. 
And it's funny because they're both coming in around, you know, they both came in around the same time in the quarterback's development. So Plax came in, I think, in what, 2006? So Eli had been in the league, what, for a couple years, three years or something like that. Um, and then uh, Waller's coming in now in Jones's, what, this is his fifth year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Fifth or sixth. But anyway, um, he's coming in and, and Jones is still, you know, peaking is what I'm getting at. So like Plaxico came in when Eli was starting to peak, Waller is coming in when Jones is starting to peak. So you now have a guy who can not only help stretch the field, but can open things up, you know, by drawing a crowd up the middle of the field, create one-on-one -on -one scenarios, better matchup football. So Waller just makes such a big difference, I think, for this uh, for this Giants offense. And, and uh, him alone upgrades the tight end unit. And I, I don't think it's even close. Now, we'll talk a little bit about Daniel Bellinger. Bellinger is a guy who, in my article over on Giants Country, I wrote about three under-the-radar type of guys on the Giants roster, and he was one of them. Bellinger is a guy who I think is going to be a versatile chess piece for the Giants on offense. He's you know not going to be you know a, a, a 7 to 8 to 10 target per game um, receiver. But the blocking, he's, he's clearly the best blocker of the tight ends. Um, he can line up in the backfield, be like that H-back or that fullback. Um, that was a role he started to take on towards the end of last year. Um, he can line up in line, obviously. He could put, you could put him in the slot. So, again, matchup football. And it's not going to be a case where Bellinger comes out on the field and it's like, oh, the Giants are going to run or, oh, that Bellinger's here to help Evan Neal or, or, you know, whoever on the offensive line. So I think again, much better for the tight ends and Cager, you know, just real quick, Cager is still kind of learning the position. He's a converted wide receiver, but you got to like what you see from him because, you know, he's, he's a tall receiving target. You know, the giants have put a big emphasis, no pun intended on getting bigger, receivers for Daniel Jones. And we saw what it did for Eli Manning when he was here. It's hopefully we'll do the same thing for Daniel Jones as he progresses in his, his career. Um, all right. Now coming up next, we're going to talk about um, the receivers, the offensive line and the defensive line. So do not go anywhere. Hey, Giant fans, if you are looking for the most comfortable pair of pants or shorts that you'll ever wear, then you got to check out Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are not only comfortable, but they'll make you look good too. Their stretch cocky shorts are designed to fit slimmer throughout the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. And unlike other shorts and pants, Bird Dogs aren't made of that stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs are made with a cloud knit fabric that looks just like cocky, but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And best of all, Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. My husband loves his Bird Dogs and says they not only fit him well, 
but they keep him cool and comfortable while he's working in the house and outside in the yard. And if he likes his bird dogs, I know you will as well. And right now, bird dogs will send you a free water bottle with your order. Simply go to birddogs.com slash NFL or enter the promo code LockedOnNFL to get your free gift with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL or enter the promo code LockedOnNFL when you check out to get your free water bottle with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Hey, Giant fans, thanks again for making the Locked On Giants podcast your first listen every day. The Locked On Ultimate NFL Season Preview is here, and this seven-episode extravaganza brings opinions, analysis, and plenty of debate from all 32 of our Locked On NFL hosts with added insights from our national experts. It's a can't-miss series before the season kicks off. Catch every episode of on Locked On NFL on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Traina, P-Train, and we are taking a look at the New York Giants roster, the buy units, um, better or worse than last year. And folks, I got to tell you, a lot of the units are a lot better than they were at this point last year. And we're going, we're running down uh, the list. We've done most of the skill position players. We're going to continue with receivers, offensive line and defensive line in this segment. Before I do that, though, just real quick, um, some news that came down today. Um, those of you on YouTube might have seen it. Uh, Daniel Jones's contract was restructured to, to uh, lower his 2023 cap hit just a little bit to give the Giants some breathing room, um, salary cap breathing room. Um, they had not, I think they had been over the cap. And I think now they're 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 uh, back where they need to be. They're in compliant with the cap. So uh, the Giants had to do that move. And, you know, I'm not sure where they're going to get additional money from unless they touch Leonard Williams's contract and Adore Jackson's contract. But we'll see. Joe Shane, you know, has has... He's got a plan. And uh, so far, you know, based on what he's done, uh, I can't argue with a whole lot of what he's done, including how he has built this roster. So speaking of which, let us get back to running down the different position groups and if they're better or worse or the same as last year. All right. So we left off with wide receiver. Wide receiver last year. Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Richie James, Kadarius Tony, David Sills, Darius Slayton, and Wandale Robinson. Yikes, right? <laughs> if we only knew then what we know now. This year, Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt, Sterling Shepard, uh, and Wandale Robinson. Um, do I need to say it, folks? Much better. Much better unit. Um, Hodgins, who they picked up mid-year last year, knew the system, came in, and, and just took to it almost instantly. Darius Slayton, he was a guy that was on the verge of being kicked to the curb, um, kept his nose down to, to, the, to the grindstone, and developed into uh, the leading receiver as far as uh, receiving yardage. So I think three out of the four years he's been with the Giants, he has led the, t- the, uh, the team in receiving yards. Paris Campbell, a nice, you know, a nice target, a versatile target. 
who can play that role that I think they wanted for Kadarius Tony, which is that human joystick role, you know, line them up a little bit in the backfield, run them on jet sweeps, um, line them up outside in the slot. Uh, so though, you know, that's the role that I think they, they wanted again for, for Kadarius Tony, Jalen Hyatt, super speedy guy. He could split coverages. He's going to help stretch the field. Sterling Shepard and Wandale Robinson. I, I'm not sure how much they're going to get initially, um, given cons- that they're both coming off of injuries and, and the pup list. Shepard's a little bit further ahead than um, Robinson is, but uh, two valuable pieces to the receiving core. Uh, and again, much better unit than last year's disappointing group of Galladay, Shepard, James, Tony, etc. I mean, we, we all know Galladay just for whatever reason never really fit in here. Shepard had the injury, which was unfortunate because, you know, he's always been a really good and reliable receiver for the Giants. Richie James did pretty well when he was there. Um, you know, it was a nice little surprise, a reclamation project, really. A guy who, you know, the 49ers had kicked to the curb and the Giants picked them up and Richie James re- rejuvenated his career with the Giants. Now he's with Kansas City, along with Kadarius Toney, the uh, first-round draft pick that uh, I think we can all agree was a bust. Tony, just for whatever reason, never caught on with uh, with this team. And when there was a change in the coaching staff, that kind of sealed it because uh, suffice it to say, Brian Dable is not Joe Judge. So it's unfortunate, but these things happen. So, but receivers much, much better. No, no question about it. Offensive line. All right. Offensive line last year, they had Andrew Thomas, Ben Bredesen, John Feliciano, Mark Lewinsky, Evan Neal, Devery Hamilton, Joshua Izudu, and Tyree Phillips. This year, Andrew Thomas, Ben Bredesen, John Michael Schmitz, Mark Lewinsky, Evan Neal, Marcus McKithen. Shane Lemieux and Matt Parrott. Is the line better, worse, or the same? This is probably the one unit, folks, that I'm not going to say is better. And only because there are still question marks on this unit. We still don't know for sure who the left guard is going to be. I think it's going to be Ben Bredesen. I think it should be Ben Bredesen. But I can understand, you know, if the Giants want to rotate in Joshua Izudu as the future at that spot and maybe, you know, look at Bredesen for eventually replacing Lewinsky at right guard. Um, is Evan Neal going to be better than he was last year as a rookie? There have been signs that he looks better, but again, that starting offensive line and in particular, Neil didn't play a whole lot this summer. So I don't know. I I haven't seen enough to say, okay, yeah, I'm not worried about it. Um, at center, I think John Michael Schmitz was a great pickup. He's a rookie, though. He's going to have his hiccups, specifically, I think, when bigger guys line up next uh, on, on his nose. Um, I'm curious to see how he's going to handle blitzes, especially some of those exotic blitzes that I'm expecting Dallas defensive coordinator Dan Quinn to dial up in the week one game. I think um, that he will be okay. I think Schmitz will do fine, but you don't know until you see it. 
I still don't know about the backup offensive tackle. I mean, I know Marcus McCathin can play tackle. And, of course, Matt Parrott can play tackle. I'm not totally, you know, at ease with that. So offensive line, until further notice, folks, I got to say it's probably worse than last year. You know, and, you know, I hate to be a downer, but I got to be honest with you. I need to see it. I need to see more from this group. And I don't, you know, I didn't see enough. Now, the coaches, obviously, they saw enough. And I defer to their expertise and their observations, but this is my show. So I'm the one who's doing the, uh, giving the opinions here. And I'm just not totally comfortable with this offensive line unit as it stands right now. Hopefully after Sunday, I'll feel a little bit differently, but we shall see. Defensive line. So we had uh, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Nick Williams, Justin Ellis, and DJ Davidson on the D-line last year. This year, it's Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Raheem Nunez-Roches, Sean Robinson, Jordan Riley, and DJ Davidson. Better. Absolutely better. And I'm not saying that just because of uh, Jordan Riley, who looked really good, surprisingly good for a seventh-round draft pick. Um, the additions of Raheem Nunez-Roches and Sean Robinson Two big-bodied run stuffers, huge, huge additions. I mean, I think back to last year, Nick Williams wasn't bad, but then he got injured. He got injured early on, and Justin Ellis just didn't get it done, you know. And 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 that middle of the the run defense when Dexter Lawrence wasn't in there, it was soft, and that was a concern for me. So I think this year, the defensive line unit a lot better. Miles better, if we're being totally honest. All right. Um, coming up next, we've got inside linebackers, outside linebackers, safeties, corners, and special teams. Well, special teams, we've got the same guys, but I'll talk a little bit about special teams regardless because I have some thoughts there on that unit. So please do not go anywhere. Hey, Giant fans, get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena, P-Train. And before we get into these last few positions, better for worse, um, just real quick, coming up on the Lockdown Giants podcast, Thursday, Crossover Thursday returns. So Marcus Mosier, co-host of Lockdown Cowboys, and I will be breaking down everything you need to know about the week one clash between the Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I'm supposed to have Gene, uh, Gene Clemens. I almost said Gene Simmons. Oh, my gosh. I've got kiss on the I'm supposed to have coach Gene Clemens on the podcast uh, later this week. Um, He's going to 
join me and we're going to talk about the Giants roster. I think David Turner is also going to be on with me at some point. Um, and I might even have an extra show for you this week. I kind of have to see how it all plays out. But um, certainly a lot of stuff coming up here on the Lock on Giants podcast. The grind never stops for me. So hopefully uh, you're enjoying the shows. And if you missed yesterday's shows, I had the one and only Paul DeTino on for almost an hour. Uh, always fun talking with Paulie. So check that show out. And if you missed any of our shows, you know, please go back and take a look as you have time. I've uh, been trying to mix it up a little bit, trying to just give you some guests, just give you some of my thoughts and just, you know, keep it interesting. So thank you again for tuning in. You are appreciated. Let's get to the rest of these position units, better or worse for the New York Giants. Okay. So we left off with linebackers and I broke this up into inside and outside. We'll do inside first. Last year, Tay Crowder, Austin Calitro, Carter Coughlin, Cam Brown, Micah McFadden. Crowder and Calitro, by the way, were the starters. This after um, Blake Martinez was cut. Actually, it was a mutual cut. Uh, cut. Uh, Martinez and the Giants agreed to mutually part uh, at the time. But anyway, this year, Bobby Okereke, Isaiah Simmons, Carter Coughlin, Cam Brown, Micah McFadden. Guys, I mean, you know what I'm going to say, right? The unit's better. Okereke and Simmons alone. Now, Simmons, even though he's listed as an inside linebacker, I suspect he's going to be asked to, to rush the passer a lot. Whether he rushes from the outside or he's rushing from, you know, from inside the box there. I'm not sure just yet. We're going to have to see how Wink Martindale deploys him. But those two guys, Okereke and Simmons alone, upgrade that unit significantly. Micah McFadden beat out Darian Beavers uh, for the uh, for for that last spot. I think on on the roster at that at this position, McFadden's also a blitzer. So I would ex I would guess that we're going to see him uh, do some blitzing as well. Coughlin and Cam Brown more so special teams than anything as the Giants look for special teams aces. Hopefully those two guys can, can become, you know, the, the next David Tyree or the next Keon Crossan or Michael Thomas of special teams. Okay. Let's look at outside linebackers. Now last year, Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojolari, Jihad Ward, O'Shane Zimenez, Tamon Fox, Quincy Roche. And if you remember, uh, for the first, I think it was for the first two games, Thibodeau and Ojulari, I want to say, did not play. I know Thibodeau didn't because he was dealing with a knee injury. And I think Ojulari didn't either, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, this year, Thibodeau, Ojulari, Boogie Bash, Basham, Basham, excuse me, uh, and Jihad Ward. Upgrade? Mm-hmm. Better? Mm-hmm. Now, Thibodeau and Ojulari, obviously, they're going to be the starters. Boogie Basham, I think he's going to be a spot pass rusher. Uh, Jihad Ward, obviously, you know, it, it, it's funny. Basham and, and Ward are almost like the same type of player. Um, so I could see them, you know, almost splitting snaps in specific roles and specific personnel packages. But uh, yeah, much, much better uh, overall with this group 
than last year's group. And oh, by the way, like I said, you know, with, with the inside linebackers, you might see, you know, Simmons line up as, a, as an outside linebacker. You might see Carter Coughlin maybe get a few snaps in, the, in that role. So you think of Wink Martindale's defense, it's a positionless defense. And just because a guy is slotted in as outside linebacker or inside linebacker, well, you got to slot him in somewhere, but that doesn't mean that that's exclusively the role he's going to play in this defense. All right. Speaking of positionless, let's go to the defensive backfield and we'll start with the safeties. So last year we had Xavier McKinney and Julian Love with the starters and the depth included Jason Pinnock, Tony Jefferson, Dane Belton, and Justin Lane. This year, it's McKinney and Pinnock. They are the starters. Belton, Gervarius Owens, a draft pick, and Bobby McCain. Better. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Pinnock is, uh, you know, he won that job vacated by Julian Love very early on um, and has looked good. You know, I, I know he had some injury issues and wasn't able to play a little bit, but um, when he has, Pinnock has looked really good. Belton is one of my guys, one of my sleeper guys this year, my under-the-radar guys to keep an eye on because I think he's going to have a much bigger role in this defense, maybe as nickel safety, and you know, when they go to the three-safety look or, you know. Belton's also a guy who can um, get around the ball. I think he was tied last year amongst def- Giants defensive backs for with two interceptions, which I think led the team. Interceptions, very hard to come by by last year's defensive backfield, uh, but Belton found a way to get done. Owens, I'm not sure how much of a role he's going to have on defense. I mean, he, he flashed, and there was a lot to like about him, his instinctiveness, um, his ability to be around the ball and whatnot. Um, but I'm wondering if maybe he goes to special teams to start things off. And Bobby McCain, I, I got to admit, Bobby McCain, I was surprised the Giants kept him. Not because he was horrible, but because I figured they would go more with the youth movement. But, you know, I, I'm not sorry that they kept Bobby McCain because, you know, he's a veteran. He can help those younger guys out if they need it. Uh, and, and he has a, a, a trick or two up his sleeve. Plus, he could play, if they need him to, cornerback. So you uh, you look at the, the versatility again of this group, and that's what it's all about. So to, to say that this group... Is any worse than last year? No, I don't think you can say that. I think you could say that this group is better on paper than it was last year. Cornerbacks. Last year we had Aaron Robinson, Adoree Jackson. They were the starters. Cordell Flott, Darnay Holmes, and Nick McLeod. Darnay Holmes, of course, the main slot receiver. This year it's uh, Jackson, Banks, Trey Hawkins the third. Cordell Flott, Darnay Holmes, and Nick McLeod. Better. I mean, I know I've been saying it for just about all the units, but that's how good of a job Joe Shane has done with upgrading this roster. This is probably one of the strongest rosters ahead of week one um, in, in quite some time, as far as you know, I can remember. But sticking with the cornerbacks, you know, last year. I think a big problem the Giants had was after they had to cut James Bradbury in a salary cap related move, who was going to fill that spot? So they tried Aaron Robinson and Aaron Robinson, unfortunately had injury issues. He still has injury issues and that 
you know, the knee injury that he had last year, he wasn't ready to return. He is currently on the pop list. Jackson is still, you know, probably the best cornerback they have. But, oh, by the way, they drafted Deontay Banks in the first round, and he's looked pretty good. And this kid, Trey Hawkins, has just been amazing. So I think they're pretty much set on the outside. Now, I think Cordell Flott is, is going to be more of an outside cornerback than a slot a slot cornerback. I don't think slot fits what he does. The only question I guess I would have is Darnay Holmes in the slot. Now, Darnay is not a bad slot cornerback. He was inconsistent last year. But I think the Giants are going to go more towards a committee approach at slot cornerback. I mean, we all have been hearing about how the Giants have had Adoree Jackson come down in the slot and play down there while um, Hawkins and Banks man the outside. So I think we'll see different combinations like that depending on the matchups and depending on, you know, what where the opposing team plays their various receivers. So again, it's all about matchup football and the Giants can do it this year on defense, on offense, just, you know, across the board. The, again, the one position group that I'm not sold on yet is that offensive line. And I don't think I'm alone in saying that, but, you know, hey, offensive line, you know, make make me look foolish with this opinion, you know, may, and maybe I will look foolish. I hope so, because that means that the, you know, that that offensive line is a lot further along than I thought it was. So, all right, real quick, I want to talk about special teams. Now, the three specialists are the same as last year. So that would be um, Graham, Mr. Reliable, know, or Mr. Automatic, depending on what you want to call him, um, Jamie Gillen, and Casey Kreider as the long snapper. Now, I didn't go into kickoff returner and punt returner or gunners, but that's really where I'm concerned. All right. And if I had to say special teams, you know, better or worse or the same as last year, the specialists, I'm going to say obviously the same. I'm not going to say that they're better because to be honest with you, I need to see a little bit more consistency from Gillen. I need to see um, a little quicker snaps from, from Kreider. Um, the return specialist, again, you know, you've got Eric Gray is going to do punts and kickoffs. So we'll see how well he does with that. You know, I think with punts, I think the important thing is just fielding the ball and just securing it and then let the offense do what it needs to do. I'm still concerned about the coverage unit because we have seen the issue continue. It happened last year. Need I rem remind you about Seattle and how special teams lost them that game? This year, you know, you had the, the, the uh, I think it was a punt return for a touchdown in the Lions game. You had the um, the Jets game, the, the touchdown from Aaron Rodgers when he was in the game. That was set up by a long uh, return, a long punt return. This unit's got to get its act together. All right. Now, do they have a stud on special teams? You know, a la a David Tyree, a Keon Crossan, a Michael Thomas, or for those of you who are as old as I am, a Renee Thompson, you know, back from the 1980s. Do they have a guy like that? We will see. I sure hope so, because I sure would hate to see 
the Giants lose games because of their special teams unit. And that right now is probably my number two concern behind the offensive line. But that being said, in Joe Shane, we trust. I trust him. He hasn't done anything that just made me sit here and say, Joe, what are you doing? You know, that coaching staff that they have with Brian Dable and company, really good, you know, teachers. They showed last year that they could get the most out of their guys and and get them to play at a high enough level. So they're going to have to work a little bit magic at certain spots again this year. But guys and gals, I'm excited. I'm excited about, you know, the start of the season. I think the Giants should be able to stand toe-to-toe with the Cowboys. I think, you know, despite the fact that I think the Giants are a a three-and-a-half underdog, they're going to surprise a lot of people. I can't wait for Sunday night, and I can't wait to bring you more coverage of the New York Giants. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. Again, thank you for making us your first listen of the day, or if you're watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Be sure to keep it here on the channel. And we have plenty more coming up this week here on the podcast. So until tomorrow, everybody, have a great one. We'll talk to you then.